Welcome to the Optimalist Podcast, where we have set out to examine the higher order capabilities that we need to build an optimal future with AI. I am Sarah, your host through this exploration of attention, creativity, motivation, mindfulness, curiosity, and more, all elements of human flourishing. So let's figure out together how we can cultivate them. You are currently listening to episode 21, which is a nice milestone in the podcast world. Before I explain what you're about to hear today, I wanted to give one more big thanks again to all of our guests so far and a double dose of gratitude to those who contributed to last week's special 20th episode compilation. Truly without your voices and experiences, none of this grand experiment would be possible. And that is exactly what it is, a grand experiment. Now, in my opinion, this is where the real work starts. So in the words of my 12th grade English teacher and Bilbo Baggins, on we go. Today, we bring you a treat from a guest of the show, friend of the community, and stellar educator and author, Sean Gelliard. In August, I had Sean on this show to talk about pause and presence in school leadership, a conversation that was so effortless and meaningful that we decided to record together again the following week on Sean's show. That's a fun statement, a fun a fun phrase. Let's all say Sean's show together, <laughs> the Principal Liner Notes podcast. If you know Sean's work or presence on social media at all, you know that he does not do anything without infusing his love of music and metaphor. So we did just that on this episode, which he named Mindful Listening, and which I am happy to share with the Optimalist audience today. Listen as Sean and I take a deep dive into the essence of mindfulness and apply it to the enjoyment of two of our shared passions, music and literature. All this and more on today's Optimalist. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Even as this is Sean Gaylord, and even as I'm saying that, and I'm looking at who's in in in, in front of me, um, you know, th- th- there's there's a familiarity, and and we've had a lot of familiarity uh, over over the last week or so, and I'm grateful for it, and I'm grateful to have sarah candela uh with uh with us on uh, on the podcast and and, and sarah welcome I'm, I'm really grateful for you being here thanks for having me sean i'm excited this is a different kind of uh experience than i'm used to being invited to so i'm excited to see what we can delve into and uncover today yes we we we've had we've we've had the benefit of of having some really good fruitful and and meaningful conversations on and off podcasts. Uh, I was, mm-hmm. I, I was very fortunate, um, to, to kind of, we, we connected on Twitter, but, but in your, your current role as, as the community manager for engageable and the optimalist mm-hmm. community, that, that is where our, uh, our, our, our connection has, has really blossomed. And, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for that. And I'm also grateful for the fact, um, and for those of you that are keeping score at home or or tracking the the Sarah and Sean uh, band, uh, yeah. I was on your podcast, which you host, and I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of the Optimalist uh, podcast. So I'm I'm grateful for um, being on the other side. So I know exactly how you feel right now. Uh, <laughs> but, but 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 really, we're 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 two soloists, uh, you know, jamming. We're on the rooftop. I I will be the the. Uh, 
the George to to your to your John Lennon. Wow, those are the roles we're playing today, huh? <laughs> I guess so, because because last night, what was it? We I was the the Billy Preston to your Paul McCartney. There we go. Yeah, and we were climbing the ladder to the roof, but now we are just about made it. We're ready to perform. We're ready to perform, and we're doing doing the count off. So, I I, I tell you what. I, I guess really, if if we're talking about a a motif for this this particular particular podcast, um, it it's it's mindfulness, and I and I think that's really been the motif for all of our conversations as as of late. So, for the the novice. For the uninitiated, for or for those that that are initiated into mindfulness, what what is your take? What is what is your kind of definition, if you will, for for mindfulness? Well, I like to, and a lot of the people in our community, uh, when we talk about this, we like to think about mindfulness first and foremost as it really is attention it's the it's the way that or the intensity with which you are able to hold or train your attention to be where you want it to be at any given moment and when we um i think i think we use like we you know use the word mindful i think pretty liberally these days right people say like i'm you know, I, you know, I'm going, I want you to do this mindfully or think, be mindful. Like you hear very often, right? People say, be mindful about the way you X, Y, Z. And when, when we do use it even casually like that, I don't know if we're thinking of it that way, but really what we're saying is pay attention to the way you do that. Or, you know, when you write this way, you know, be mindful or pay attention. And I, and so at the, at its core, when we work on our mindfulness, um, or we enter into an activity or a day with the intention of being mindful, we're putting attention before anything. What is, you know, how can we become better and better individually at guiding, I like to say really, or directing or managing the way we spend attention and where we put our attention in any given moment of any day? Um, and I think we've been sort of socially trained to think we have way less control over that than we actually do. Um, and I know you and I have talked a lot about this, like, you know, how much control we have over it only begins with the physical environment. You know, it's way more than just putting your phone somewhere else mm -hmm. um, while you're doing activities with other people. You know, it's an entire kind of lifestyle that can start at any moment. And we all have the ability to get better and better at guiding our attention or being more mindful about the way we live. Um, and I love that quote, forgot who it is now. Is it Ann Dillard? It says like the way, you know, the way you, you know, it's basically about like, you know, whatever you're doing at any given moment is the way you're living your life, right? What you're doing right now is the way you're, I forgot what the exact quote is, but you might know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it sounds but familiar. It's like, yeah. We always put something, we always put things put things off. Yeah. But we also, um, you know, might say, you know, I, I'll, I'll try today, but I don't know if I can do this. Like, or I, I can do this, but I'll do it better tomorrow. Or I don't know, like we, we push things away and we don't really think that we have the ability to get to the spot that we think would be ideal. But really the way you're living your life right now, if you don't start it today, 
mm-hmm. it's just going to continue. And then this is the way you are. This is your life. So what I think I, what I like to talk to people about is like, what is the, what would an I, you know, how would you like your days to be? What was, what, what would you like your, your school day to look like, or a weekend day to look like, or feel like in your body? Like, what would you like it to feel like from moment to moment? Um, and instead of dreaming that and keeping it in a cloud mm-hmm. above your head of like, I wish I could, or one day I will, like, let's just start doing it and intentionally be mindful mm. um, and not just let that become something that we use as like a filler word and not really know what it means. Mm. That's a rewindable moment, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I didn't have to, it didn't have to take that long to get one. Yeah, man, that's, yeah. How many can we accumulate today, Sean? (laughs) I I think we should go, how many chapters are there in Gatsby? That's what we do. Is it nine? Is it nine? I think it's nine. I think nine's my favorite number. So I'm sure it is. Nine, nine, Um, nine, nine, nine. (laughs) And that's why. There there, there is why. So that's why there's a nine at the end of my Twitter handle, by the way. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's yep. so cool. And well, so I might have some little gems like that that I'll throw at you that you don't know. You today. just <laughs> you just blew my mind there and and for for those that okay, what is this nine? I you know, you're going back and okay. <laughs> nine is a very significant number in 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 John Lennon's life. Uh mm-hmm. and it's one of those kind of recurring things that um that comes up. He was born on October 9th. I believe he met mm-hmm. Yoko on November the 9th or something, something like that. I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Re- revolution number nine off the, 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 the white album, you know? Um, so, so nine is a significant number nine dream, number nine dream. What a wonderful, wonderful song. One of his great, one of my favorite solo hits of, uh, of John Lennon. So, um, and and yep. then the, there is the you know it's and kind of the tragic you know he, he was he he was killed on December the eighth but they say in England you know being five hours ahead it was the, December the ninth so all kinds of just weird weird coincidences with the number nine the kind of a lucky number uh mm-hmm. for, for mr lennon and now now i know this little tidbit it's it's on uh, it's on the end of your uh your twitter handle that's awesome sarah yeah i've always i've put it on the end of a lot of things for many many years um but i can tell you about that later <laughs> yeah so as as um as community manager for uh in, engageable and 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 the optimalist uh c- community you know i know mindfulness is part of part of the vision and i and i love how you frame the 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 notion of this intentional um approach to what do you want your day to be and and then mm-hmm. and then to do something about it i know i know we just went down a quick rabbit hole on the beatles but one of the things that connects us uh, there's many things that connect us, but but one thing in particular is 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 music, and mm-hmm. um, I I would love for us to explore this kind of topic of of mindfulness and listening to music, and and uh, I I would love for you to kind of share your thoughts and and ideas and 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 maybe how music 
can be a a pathway or an entry point to to your vision of mindfulness. Uh, what a great way to connect kind of everything, right? Yeah. And like you always say, right, that music is something like that universal thread that kind of runs through all the things that all people do everywhere. Um, so it's such a great way to do that. But um, immediately what comes to my mind is a conversation that I had with a friend of mine probably four years ago or so. I think it was during the beginning of the pandemic because I think we were we were talking a lot on the phone and he was, he's someone who's into music a lot. Um, but I made a comment about jazz. I think he maybe said, what are you doing? And we were doing so many virtual meetups at that point in the beginning of the pandemic. And I think I said I was cooking dinner and listening to jazz. And I was like, do you want to zoom with me while I do that? And I, he's like, I can't, he's like, what jazz? You? I don't even remember what I was listening to, but it is something I often will put on. So there are certain things that I like to have on while I'm doing a certain tasks, but like something fun and upbeat and like that you can move around the kitchen. Like I love to cook to things like that. And he made a comment of like, he didn't want to join me virtually, but he did say, he's like, what do you mean you have it on in the background? And I was like, well, I'm cooking and, mm-hmm. you know, I live by myself. I'm not talking to, you know, so unless I'm on the phone with somebody, like I'm not going to stand here in silence and cook for half. Hour. Like I had to explain to him why I had music on. And he was like, well, I don't think he may, I never forgot this. And he's like, I don't think of any kind of music with words or without words like even if it's wordless mm-hmm. as background music everything mm-hmm. should be intentionally mm-hmm. listened to yes and it annoyed me at the time because i thought he was kind of being just kind of like squashing my joyful moment of like this is what i do when i cook yeah. alone <laughs> um and i'm like hey i'm someone that appreciates music every second of the day you don't have to tell me not to, how to listen yeah. to it but four or five years later, um, that pops into my head every, I would say like every other week or so that that moment will pop into my head when I throw something on that is going to be either in the background or that, or that doesn't have words. And I think like, was he right? Like, was my friend Rob right? When I, mm-hmm. when, when he said like, am I, am I not being mindful about, or am I like dis you know, disrespecting really great music when I don't just sit down and listen to it all the time. Now, I don't know what your take would be on that, but I do think it's hard to think uh, with the amount that I listen to or that you listen to, or a lot of us do. It's it's uh, hard to think of sitting still and listening every time uh, you want to put something on. We're always going to be moving around our homes or having dinner you know, and I think that that is something that we should, I think that is respecting music, right? You can be mindful of something and not be sitting still and paying absolute attention. I think the purpose of music is multifaceted. Um, and so just to kind of give a, a slightly different take, which might be more of what you were actually thinking of when you asked this question, before we started recording, I mentioned Jason Isbell. Yes. Um, and if I think of people, because it's easy not to be mindful or pay super attention to bands or records that you've known forever, right? We can put them on at any moment. We might know every word. You know, you don't necessarily have to sit um, and think about it all the time, although you do. But I get 
you know, newer artists and Jason Isbell's not super new, but he has a new record out called Weather Veins. And over the last week and a half, it's the first real like new record that I've paid attention to super mindfully in a very mm-hmm. long time. And so much so that I tweeted about it the other night and um I've I've found sitting in the evening, specifically in the evening, it's had an effect on me. Um, like after dinner time, sitting here, maybe I'm doing something a little bit, like maybe I'm reading an article or just sitting here quietly, like drinking tea. And I have that album on in the background and every single song as it starts makes me like brings me into the, into the song itself. So certain artists, I think also have this ability to pull us into whatever world they're creating, or as you were talking about F Scott Fitzgerald before and talking about word paintings. Um, And he creates like a little portrait of a time, like it, or a moment in every single song. And they almost make it impossible for you to not be mindful um, or to not give your attention And when I think about that, I think about the balance that we all have to strive for or should be wanting to strive for in this like really crazy modern distracted world is like we can't always be waiting for stuff to pull us in. We also like there could be an artist like Jason Isbell who is really good at saying like, hey, I'm going to quietly get your attention here. I'm not yelling at you, but it's really hard to not pay attention to what I'm playing, to what I'm singing, to what I'm doing here because it's really different and cool and important. But we also have personal responsibility to, as we like to say in our community, to be engageable as individuals. So like we also have to can't just wait for that next up and coming album or song or, you know, whatever it might be to grab us and bring us in there. And I think I think a lot of a lot of our society does that now. We are just kind of walking around in our world's kind of doing our thing and waiting for the next big thing to pull us in and and engage us and entertain us. And we don't know how to sit still and look through things like visit the record store on a Saturday morning and rustle through stuff that you might not want, but you might for a couple of hours and really get into like that's being mindful. Even if you walk out buying nothing, you've spent a couple of hours deciding you know, and looking and li- maybe listening or sampling and reading. It's the same thing about a bookstore. You know, we don't really think about that sense of that sense of mindfulness. You know, it doesn't have to be that you are, you know, mindfulness doesn't have to be meditating or even how as we think about taking walks and all those quiet moments, it can literally just be making making decisions in a slower way. Um, or 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 being responsible for your own engagement with the world, and I think the record store example is a really good, a really good way to think of it. Right? We don't we don't do that kind of thing enough, or we think of it as like, like I don't have time for that. You know, just show me what music, just show me what to listen to. What's good? Yeah. Um, and you get it. It's a little like ah, it's not what we. You know, to me, that's more disrespectful of how music or any art should be appreciated. We think in that way, it does become background noise, right? Just tell me what's new. What's good. What should I put on? What should I read? What's the top 10 list rather than accepting that, you know, all, you know, what we, what we, what's going to make us have fulfilled and appreciative of the world in front of us is to be engaged with what is in front of us. Um, and it's so hard to do these days. You know, that, 
that, no, that, that, that's another rewindable moment as, 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 as well. So Lou, I have my coffee as well. Um, Mine has to be iced. Oh, my, my, it, it does in, in your situation, <laughs> in, in the heat. You know, wow. The, the record store for me is this universe that contains all of these individual worlds. And, and, you know, so if I, if I pick up like a copy of, of, of Carol King's tapestry album, which, which, which in and of itself is a work of art. Um, and, and it invites, it invites you, the listener to mindfulness It invites you to be present with her and, and whatever it is that she's expressing. So I, I love the fact that, you know, Although I, I love my Spotify and I love the fact that I can, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look up the Weather Veins album a, a, a little bit later and sample that uh, because my friend Sarah and I respect your musical sensibility. Uh, I want to, I want to listen to that and I, that'll maybe save me some money, but then maybe, maybe I will go and, and, and get the album. Um, but, but there's a shortcut there and, 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 and there's something that, that, um, you know, like in Carol King, she made some intentional decisions in the creation of this album that I want that, that, that are meant to not only invite me to some sort of mindful listening journey, but also dignify me as, as a, as a consumer, as a listener, I'm invited, you know, and, and the picture here, if you, if, if you're, if those of you who are seeing this, there's, you know, there's, well, who is this cat? You know, what's going on with this cat on the cover? And, uh, Carol King doesn't have shoes on and, and it looks like she's got, mm -hmm. um, a, a quilt here that she's, um, oh, wow. Tapestry. Okay. And then, and then you open up and, and then there's all these great pictures of her, um and and her musician friends performing and recording this album and then you go on the back and there's just all these intentional things that I love that help me become a part of this world that she mm -hmm. has has woven uh in in a, in a in an audio sense right um you know even you know sometimes I like to look at the grooves on the album and 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 okay, well, where where was this made? I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, isn't that cool? You know, and yeah, and 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 then you know, you well, who played on this? Oh wow, James Taylor. Oh, he played guitar, and and oh, Terry King played the cello. I wonder how Terry is, and how and, and <laughs> how that is is going. You know, and and there's just all these little kind of nooks and crannies that, and that's why it's part of the reason why I value the art form of of the album. Because it does invite, it, it invites you on this kind of mindful list, listening journey. But it's good to know I'm not the only one that 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 does that. <laughs> so so thank you. You you do the same thing, Sarah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, of looking closely at stuff. And I used to do it way more um, when I had. I mean, if I if I showed you my CD collection from you know the late '90s. Or, you know, early 2000s, that like the, the the era of collecting CDs, which is still in the basement at my parents' house. It's all I'm told often. Um, Get them out. Like next time you're home, can you? And I have cabinets of books that I don't even know where to begin with uh, that are still there. I don't even know what they possibly could be. Um, but they're all from that same era, like when collecting CDs. There was a period of time where like collecting CDs was a pretty big deal. Yep. Um, but that's I, there's a ton down there. What was that? I can I can attest to that. I, I yeah. still have a, a um 
a pretty sizable CD collection as as well as album. Collection. And I haven't touched any of those except for perhaps to um, like any time I've been home during holidays or something to grab a couple of maybe Christmas ones that I have there that maybe aren't available anywhere else. There's a couple of things that people had recorded for me. So I'll grab a few things like that. But other than that, there's hundreds of things that have never been touched in like 10 years. But but the reason I bring that up is because if you were to see those shelves, um, still, if you all you have to do is glance at them, like the spines of them. And I had numbered them all starting from the first CDs I ever got when CDs were brand new. And I was in middle school when CDs were brand new or like ninth grade or something like that. And um, I numbered my first CD, uh, which was, this is not planned, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you this is not planned, but the first thing I ever owned on CD was Sgt. Pepper. And that is not a lie. Yeah. Oh, and really? so oh, that says no. <laughs> that says number that has the number one on it on my shelf. And so I had numbered every CD and its case and had um, notes that I would keep in a notebook about like the condition of things as if I was running a record store. I love it. So like paying attention to those details because I would lend people CDs, like people at school. Um, you know, friends of mine, they would say, do you have this? And then I would lend it to them and I would know you have number seven. Um, I would know number seven is missing. Uh, so that's what I did. So if you think about attention, that might be attention to detail in your record collection. That's taking it to a new height, I think. Um, but that, that I was always worried if I saw a blank space for like more than a couple of weeks, I'm like, who has it? (laughs) Very, you know, I, I wish I had that same attention to detail because I have <laughs> any a cassette and CD and album because and, and I'm I'm a little more careful now uh, lending things out. I, I mean, I, I think maybe that is the beauty of streaming. You don't have to do that as much, but also too, it it yeah. does create that that connection that I that 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 I always loved. You know, trading CDs and tapes and albums and. Uh, borrowing and 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 then dubbing and 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 doing those things, but but I I, uh, I appreciate uh, your your inventory effort. <laughs> and it's funny that you say the trading things because I also I still have um there's a the double album the Smashing Pumpkins double album oh. that was so big when I was in tenth grade. Uh, I still have my friend Heather's copy of that. And it's on those shelves in, at my parents' house. And when I do, it's one of the only double CDs. I, you know, double CDs always stand out on the shelf mm-hmm. because they're so much thicker. And when I see that one, I always remember that that's my friend Heather's. And she did the same thing as me, would write, it would say like her last name and then the number on the inside. Um, So we were kind of musical freaks in that way together. But somehow I wound up keeping that album for 30 years but uh yeah but that i love that idea that you just said about that that trade-off being a connection mm-hmm. um when there is only this copy like you know and it reminds me of like i just set up my new record player like a couple weeks ago and i don't have that many records here but i've been listening a lot to Joni mitchell's blue mm-hmm. and i just a case of you is one of my favorite songs of all time mm-hmm. And I have this modern mentality of wanting to keep it on repeat. It ends and I want it to repeat. It ends and I want it to repeat. And I'm in the other room and I want to just tell Alexa to repeat the song, but I forget that it's on the record. And so I have to walk to the record 
and intentionally <laughs> repeated. <laughs> and that's another, it's another thing that puts that connection though, right? It's a connection to something physical. And to me, that's a mindful act, right? It's a, anything that connects you to the world that's in front of you or to your physical space or to your body or to another person, all of that is, um, you know, brings us into the present moment. You know, and, and, and also too, as, as I think about blue, which I have a great, great respect and Joni Mitchell's, uh, is going through a a a well deserved and much needed renaissance. Renaissance, the, oh my gosh! Live yes. album that's getting ready to 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 come out. That surprise mm-hmm. concert that she did at the Newport Folk Festival. Actually, I think it was a year ago today. If 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 I'm not maybe. Um, but but every time when I think of Blue and again the, the connection, I, I I think about how I used to teach that album. Uh, mm. back in my high school English teacher days. And then, but, but as the, the dad part of me, uh, my case of you is a great, great song. My favorite song on that album is Carrie. And, and, uh, oh, interesting. And, and which, which is just such a great, great song. And, and, and part of the reason why I love that song is I remember introducing that to my oldest daughter. I remember us driving, listening to that and listening to Blue and the part in Carrie when, the harmonies kick in mm-hmm. and and she and I, without missing a beat, you know, both started doing that at, with, with, with Joni Mitchell. So I always get a very warm dad memory of, uh, of sharing that kind of musical kinship with, uh, with my daughter driving around and, and, and listening to that. The, the, the other thing too, and you, and, and the, the Smashing Pumpkins album got me thinking too, and just in terms of another, another connection and, and melancholy and the infinite sadness is I remember when that album came mm-hmm. out. Um, I, I'm going to show my age just a little bit. That, that was probably year two for me as a teacher. So I was about 23, 22. Um, and, and, but I remember that album being, and, and that has, this hasn't happened so often now, kind of sort of does, but when albums mm-hmm. would come out, it was an event. And, and you yes. it everywhere, you know, very much like the Sgt. Pepper album. You hear the stories when it came out in 67, it was on everywhere. I remember the 20th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper. Mm-hmm. That that was like an event. I remember when U2's Joshua Tree coming out and it was an event. Hey, did you hear that? I remember that too. Hey, did you, it's not, they're different now, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's these, and, and I know you're doing a similar thing with, engageable in the optimalist community to kind of create these these community mm-hmm. moments uh and and, yeah. and music, music does it does does a similar thing right yeah and and you're bringing that i i think of that it's funny that joshua tree does stick in my mind as an example of that often because i was young when that came out and not even really aware of much popular music but i remember it like when i hear someone mention yeah. the name of that album I remember it being like a thing and I wouldn't have even known what it was. That's how big an event something would have been surrounding one album and one artist and one album. And I think we are, I mean, there's almost no way that that happens in that way anymore. You get, there's one or two artists, right. That people upset, like, like everyone knows when a Taylor Swift album comes out, but it's not, but you don't have to be a Taylor Swift fan to know everyone just, it just, it, it's just a thing like those are things that people just are aware of now, but it's not the same 
uh, there's something that's missing from it. It's almost like it's being, it feels like it's being forced on us now because when mm-hmm. something like that happens, it's pervasive. We're so surrounded by media yeah. of every kind that you can't escape it. You're not making the choice to interact with it. It's that idea, like I said earlier, of like, you're not actually engaging with it because you want to, although many people are, but you can't, you can't actually escape the idea that it is there. It's it's grabbing you and saying, look at me, I'm here. Um, yeah. But but when an artist came out, I mean, Billy Joel had moments like that, too. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in when I was in um, like elementary school, middle school and living in New York on Long Island. That was always a big thing. But um, of course. But yeah, you, but it would always be like, uh, you know, it, and there would be reasons why it was happening. And like, I don't know, it it is it's different than it is now. Like you 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 feel like you have less of a choice in the matter. Um, that you're being told like, Hey, this is a big deal. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it, like it makes perfect sense. And I, and, yeah. and again, I think, I think back to this because it, it was an event and, and, and you, and it would be this, Hey, did you, Hey, did you hear the new U2 or even the Octung baby album where they weren't U2 anymore? They, they, mm-hmm. they very much like Sergeant Pepper. They, they, became this, you know, Bono was not Bono anymore. He was McFisto. He was the fly and, mm-hmm. and different. And and you would hear th- just this kind of chatter that, Hey, you should hear it. Hey, I got a copy. Can I borrow it? Hey, yeah. Come on, come to my dorm room and let's, let's, let's listen. And, 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 and very much those, that, that kind of hushed chatter and connection. I'll tell you what it really reminds me of as I'm thinking about it. And it's one of my favorite scenes, uh, word paintings, if you will, in Gatsby, <laughs> is when is when when um Nick the narrator talks about how everybody was going home west. There's that mm-hmm. scene, you know, hey, you know, and, and there's this kind of rushed. One of my favorite thing. scenes. Yes, and 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 everybody's <laughs> heading back, and and there's this connection, you know, and I I I, I you know I. I, I have great fun. We both have great fondness for for that novel, but but again, you're right. There there isn't that kind of saying. It's kind of dropped. You uh, too is actually guilty of that. Remember when they dropped yes. Songs of Innocence and everybody's it eyes, was, everybody was mad. I was just thinking of that. It's well, yeah, it might be the first cultural moment of something like that um, that that we could probably recall. Um, I, I think, but but yeah, even just listening to you talk about that, I'm trying to think of the differences between an event of like a musical event yeah 20 30 years ago and a musical event now and really what is the difference like and it also is i think a there's so many more artists now but yet i think people are so uh as a as a whole as a society we're not aware of many of them we're aware of like four of them culturally and so we only look at when Taylor Swift or Beyonce, yeah. <laughs> like we only look at like these names that we're told these people are doing something, look at right. it. And where are all the other people? I, I don't know that culturally we think about that. And and that's where it's like, because there's so much choice now mm-hmm. in all the kinds of things you can engage with and be entertained by or watch or read, you wind up having to find, I think, intentional community and be really mindful about that even more so. So if you love something, you can find other people that love it mm-hmm. um, anywhere. And I think we're really like the, you know, the internet really aids us. I mean, we wouldn't know each other if it weren't for Twitter. I wouldn't True. know any of the guests on my podcast if it weren't for Twitter or have any of the 
of the, um, I guess, roots planted for any of the community building if it weren't for the internet. And so um, really, you can be, you can really find what it is that you want and find a group of people that do want to be intentional about something that you are also being mindful of. Um, and that in that way, that's another way that we can in this crazy world that does want to entertain us and say, and, and have control over our attention, we can go right back at that world of media and, and find and use it to find ways to actually manage our attention. Like, yeah, I see these big things going on, but I actually want to do this. Where are the people that want to do this with me? And that, you know, that's another way to kind of use technology to our advantage, right? We can find people that want to do almost anything or talk about almost anything or go almost anywhere. Um, and I'm actually doing that right now. I, I just, um, there's a dating app called Bumble. I don't know if you know, have heard of that name, No. <laughs> but they just released an app that's not for dating. They always were known to have a, um, a section of their app where you can, it was called Bumble BFF. And so oh. you could click on a tab in it and create a separate profile for finding friends in your area. And so I just did it like a week and a half ago because I just moved to a new neighborhood in LA and I'm like itching to get a whole bunch of new girlfriends to like go and do. I have a million list of fun things I want to do and grab yeah. people. And it's so hard when you live in a city like this where everyone's far apart. So I'm like, where are the people within two miles of me who want to do these things? So I started doing it on this app and then it just was announced two days ago that they are released a whole other app. They broke the BFF section of that app out and made a whole new application for it. So I deleted the old one, downloaded the new one. And in this app, it transferred all of the connections I had made. And in this app is a function. There's only a couple things you can do, like find people, connect with them and chat, and then there's a function called create a create a community invite or something like that. And if you click on it, I can invite people I've matched with to a gathering. So they don't, none of us know each other. They don't know who I've matched with. So I could click on these 10 women and be like, let's have coffee at noon on, on Sunday. Who's available. And so I'm like super excited to jump into this really like intentional, like, I'm like, I'm going to come up with a theme for this. Like, what can I ask all these strangers meeting at a coffee house on a random Sunday who don't know each other? How can I bring them together and create a a weird little community that's intentional and that creates like, you know, really something really beautiful can grow from that. And so my mind is like going nuts about how to use technology to really create a mindful way of living in a city that can really, you know, pull people apart you know, how can we come together and connect in a world that wants to pull us apart and in a city that's designed to kind of separate everybody into mm -hmm. little enclaves. Um, and so that's what I really love. And I guess that connects to what I do for engageable and optimistic stuff. Perfect segue. I mean, I have a com that community mindset, I think doesn't stop. Like it's, I think a lot of people who are in community work and, and community management have that mentality throughout a lot of like, and if I don't find the, if I'm, without a way to gather, I get like anxious. Like I'm like, where are the, where are the people that I can gather? Where are they? And then this app just dropped into my hands the other day. Um, but I recommend that. I'm recommending that to everybody. Anybody that download the Bumble BFF app and see what happens in your neighborhood, especially if you're in a metro area um, and just see who's, see who's there. You can, you can find concert buddies, like anything. 
Um, it's it's really kind of cool. I don't know how I got onto that, but I wanted to plug plug community building. And no, that's a that's a good place to get on. I'm thinking I you know we I need an app like that for for principals because uh, we we are uh, an acquired taste, um, and and it's it's our gig is 24 seven and 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 it's hard to find friends. It's hard to find connections like that. I, or or maybe maybe I need to find other other principals in my town who who like to meet at record stores on Saturday mornings and then and then right. the community that way, right? You know? I mean you literally pick the things that uh, you are interested in and you can click concerts. You can click bookstore. I can click records. I can click music. I, I can you can be very specific. Like I have stand up comedy on mine and now I have two people that want to go to a stand up comedy open mic with me on Sunday night. Like in two days, I found those people. Um, cool. Otherwise, I would just keep showing up on my own until other people wanted to do stuff with me. Oh, you're going <laughs> to find somebody. I, normally I know do. You, you will. You will. <laughs> and it'll be in a cool place, too. Literally a cool yes. place. Yes. Well, sorry to derail the conversation a little bit, but. <laughs> it's okay. What, what yeah. Sarah, for you is is an, a go-to album uh, or even a piece of music that, that <clears throat> invites uh, mindful listening. That that encourages you to okay. I gotta take that pause, take that moment, and I'm gonna use this album or use this piece of music to um, to get into that hmm. that mindfulness state. So, do you mean something I would sit still and listen to, or yeah. or be relaxing? Um, I call it a listening room. That's my dream is to have just a listening room with a record mm-hmm. player in it. And that's it. And the only thing you're allowed to do in there is sit and listen Love with it. other people and talk, maybe talk about what you're listening to, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Well, I would put something like that Jason Isbell record on there too. And anything by him, I will do that with people like, um, like Elliot Smith. Oh yeah. I'll do that with, I was just talking about Elliot Smith last week with somebody I went to a comedy show and they in in a place where they have one of Elliot Smith's guitars backstage Mm. um and we were were talking about that him on stage and did they did a cover of him so uh yeah something like Elliot Smith would be up there and then if I were in that same vein um even like guitarists like some some um some strains of John Mayer where he's just playing guitar, like mm-hmm. John Mayer on electric guitar. I like listening to people who are really good at electric guitar mm-hmm. um, and some of his earlier stuff, like sitting in list. Like that's an example of something that um, someone might say is wordless, doesn't have lyrics. So I would put it on the background, but I, I might also do that, but I will also, I could just sit here in a chair and and look out the window and listen to someone play someone really good play electric guitar for like hours. Um, like to me, that's, and it, you know, we were talking the other day about the mind wandering. Yeah. You can let your mind wander in and wander out. Like it can kind of zoom in and zoom out. And I think it also becomes an impetus for your own creativity. Um, like listening to that is enough. Like you're listening to someone at their most creative and most talent doing the thing that they're the best at. But at the same time, it allows you to kind of wander and think about maybe maybe that's when like you're solving problems or like you're coming up with ideas for things you didn't think you could think about. And I don't know, someone else's creativity or peak peak talent allows me to kind of 
I think, like I said, zoom out, but then zoom into like myself and, and then usually something good comes from that. Yeah, no, I, I have a similar approach to, to listening, you know, so there, there, it, it will either, you know, cause me to have, or it's that trap door, which I, which, which I've shared with you, um, you know, to, to wander and to explore. But then also as I zoom out, it, it does compel me to zoom in to think about, oh, well, Here's an idea here. Um, as a, as I'm listening to Dwayne Allman, uh, you know, or old school brothers, mm-hmm. and 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 the interplay on a song like Mountain Jam or Mike Bloomfield, uh, late great uh, blues guitarist uh, who actually played guitar on Dylan's Highway uh, 64 uh, revisited uh, album and um, and like a Rolling Stone and and so on and so forth. Um, but but no, I, I I value that. What's that album though that you you have to listen to beginning to end? I'm curious. What's that album that it, it oh, no skips? There's no so like, many. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, I probably have some from different eras. Uh, you know, I I graduated from high school in 2000, so that puts like a little pin on the map as to what may have been big at at that time. But, um, Mm. I also, you know, when I, like I said, my first CD was Sgt. Pepper. So, I mean, that's a, that's a beginning to end album. Some things like I personally want to listen to from beginning to end. And some things are just musically meant to be listened to from beginning to end. Like I would say that about Sgt. Pepper. It's not something you just pull a song out. Exactly. I want, I mean, I could just, I would just tell, I would just pull a song out and tell Alexa to play it. But if I'm going to listen to something like that, I'm going to listen to it from beginning to end. But for, and also then things for me personally that I just think every song is a song to, that I, that I, there's no skippable songs. Um, this is why I bring up my graduation, my school year. Um, but things like um, Lisa Loeb, who was very big for a very yeah. short time when I was in middle school. Hey. I don't know people, if you remember her, that's good. But Lisa yeah. Loeb and Nine Stories album Tales, um, that is a, a record that I will put on from beginning to end. And I know every single word and every time I put it on, I can think of, uh, I immediately see myself as like an eighth grader mm. say, memorizing it and singing. Like That album was so important to me when I was in seventh and eighth grade uh, and knowing every single word, um, lip syncing that, I, I don't know, all of that stuff. Um, but I, but there are a lot. Of, and then, and then I have similar things with people like Jewel from that time period. I think mm. a lot of it is like um, female artists that people that had like a moment in the mid nineties that I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if people realize what of an, what an impact they had on, maybe they do an impact they had on being a young girl at the time uh, in a time where it's easy to just mention, it's always easy to mention 20, you know, male led rock bands, but to, yeah. to pick out the standouts, like women were really ruling the the airwaves at that time. And so I have b- deep connections to those tracks and know every single word. So those would be really playable albums for me. Um, but then I think of things that are meant to be played as a whole. And I think of something like Sgt. Pepper. And that's why that was my first album. I would, you couldn't interrupt me listening to that. <laughs> still, still can't, <laughs> but, but I totally no. identify with the, the connection to, to representation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 
I, I, um, you know, be, being black and, and being a big fan of the Beatles and seeing them, like we, I talked about this on, on your podcast, um, last night, you know, that, that, that whole movement of all four of them looking at and acknowledging Billy Preston in the moment of, of his piano solo on Get Back is a very big deal for me is a huge deal for me. And, 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 and I've talked about it on this podcast in the past before where, wow, if, if four white guys, um, at the height of the sixties could include and seriously consider, uh, cause they did at one point, uh, consider inviting, uh, Billy Preston into the band full time. They gave him credit. I thought, well, wow, there's room in that world for me. And there's, a, and, and I have a sense of belonging. Um, and so when, when I listen to, um, that song, get back, or, or I listen to the let it be album, which is my favorite album. That is always mm-hmm. in my head. That is always part of like my mindful listening thing. That's, that's where, where my world goes. So I, I totally get where, where you're coming from in terms of, cause you're right in the nineties and early two thousands was a string of these just incredible singer songwriters that were taking up the mantle from Joni Mitchell and Carol. Yep. King. And, mm-hmm. and and your Lisa Loeb, Jewel, Natalie Merchant. I mean, we could we can really go go go. Oh, around. Natalie Merchant, yeah, uh, all, all of them. And I think Jewel is someone who is really underrated. Like she was really big at that time, but only for a few tracks. And um, which is why I bring her up as someone who I will take a couple of her albums and listen. She has an amazing, amazing holiday album that I don't think anybody knows about. It's one really? of my top three holiday albums that I, you know, um, that I will listen. I love really well-made holiday albums (laughs) and hers is amazing. She does, um, duos with her mother Mm. that are completely acapella and she has an opera background. And so she and her mother sing like really, really quiet renditions of, of very slow Christmas songs. (laughs) Like I wander as I wander, but they do it a cappella with like those, their little bit of an opera tone to it. It's just amazing. Um, but I think she's super underrated um, and super talented. And, and, um, but, but yeah, I, I just, I get really into vocals like that too, just like in the same way that I would get into, um, uh, you know, highlighting something like, like John Mayer's solo guitar playing. I get into those people who, um, like people's individual solo talents, things that they are particularly, particularly do well. So if you were to look at my, even my CD collection from, from back then, you would see a lot of that, like the people that I, or, or even groups that I wind up latching onto often have someone in there that's known for something spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's, that'll, and, and maybe I don't know anyone else that listens to them, but I'll be like, but didn't you hear the way that background singer does this? And I usually like, we'll hone in on this one little detail. And that's what, that's what makes me keep them in my collection. I'm like, I just want to hear that harmony. Like, mm-hmm. and that'll be the only reason I have a specific album. <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm the same way. Like I mentioned, the Carrie song, but but to me, one of the great moments, and and no one, I've not known anyone who has reflected this back to me. But the Beatles' "Here Comes the Sun," which is an incredible song, but for me, not only is it my favorite moment in the song, but it's probably one of my favorite moments in Beatles music music history. It's the hand claps. 
I, I just yes. something about the hand claps during sun, sun, you know, and, and just, mm-hmm. there's just something about those hand claps that just get me. And I'll tell people, Hey, did you, did you, did you, did you hear that? Did you get that? I, I, I have a daughter who's the same way. Um, when it, she's probably inherited that from me where, where she'll listen to something. She's a big Motown fan and she'll say, oh, did you cool. hear that harmony? Did you hear that baseline? And, and, and I love it. So I, I, I get it. And again, that's that deep mindful listening that we do and those just mm-hmm. little elements that just stay with us, whether it's John Mayer's solo and he, he, gosh, there's just so many things that he does. Mm-hmm. His version of Stevie Ray Vaughan's Lenny is worth the price of admission. Um, <laughs> I, I bring I, him up specifically because I've been listening to one of his albums. I don't know how it got into my brain. Oh, you know why? Because I love the song Gravity. And I had mm-hmm. I had made a mix album, almost at a mixtape, but really just a playlist with that on it a yeah. month or two ago. And um, and I keep pulling that on. And now I've been putting that on every time I transition from my work, the work portion of my day to like my, my evening. I've been putting that on. Um, I'm like, Alexa, play Gravity. And then Gravity comes on. And uh, from there, I've been exploring more. I'm like, why don't I listen to more John Mayer anymore? And he has so many albums that I don't even know now. Um, and he, I think he's just gotten better and better. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, that's someone. And there are people like that that like were known at a specific time that are still that are super thriving in mm-hmm. in whatever niche they're really good at. Like him, you know, being a really he's a really great songwriter, but also an act, just an excellent guitarist. And yes. You know, he has a huge fan base, but people don't talk about him um, really like like you would think. But um, but yeah, that, those are the kind of people I latch on to. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? And, what, you know, he's got he's really he's someone really intentional and mindful, you know, and, and that might be a thread running through a lot of what we're talking about. The people that we are also kind of attached to and listen to intentionally are people who are mindful of what they're putting out there. And they've honed their attention to a specific skill um in a way that no one else can very very similar to our great gatsby and <laughs> and, and the is that my cue to read <laughs> yeah. that is your cue to read i i would love that is your cue to read it you know um for for those tuning in sarah and i are our former high school english teachers and and one of the books that we vibe on and it's the book that for me was mm-hmm. got me into teaching um to begin with is the great gatsby uh so i i have my copy and i know you have your copy one of my copies one of <laughs> yes same here so i i would love for you to read you said you had a passage prepared or you wanted to read something prepared I don't know. Um or or, or anything there are but, things i love to read from here out loud there are sections uh I mean, is it might be cliche for me to read the ending out loud, but but starting with um, do it. Oh well, I think it's page one seventy five. Where is this? What you were referring to before coming back west? Yes, yes. His memories of coming back west during Christmas and talking about it's one of the things that I I read this oh, over true. and over again when I first moved from New York to California. Um, I, I'm obsessed with like. America's obsession with like East and West and the coasts and, you know, the settling in the East, but then the movement West and how the Western frontier still is a frontier and how everything, everything big and fresh still starts in the West and then moves East. And it's Mm -hmm. really, it's kind of this, this weird 
thing um, back and forth that just never ends. Uh, and and so the, I used to talk about that a lot um, when, you know, in, in the, you know, you'd go back and talk about East Wagon, Egg and West Egg, and all of that represents what we're talking about at the end um, when he when he starts talking about going back West himself. Uh, now I'm getting an English teacher. That's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting all, I'm getting, I oh. uh, just really went right into that mode without even trying. Hey, without missing a beat. I, hey, I'm at home <laughs> here. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I was about to say, and isn't it interesting that Nick is a Westerner coming East and, you know, he's got to bring, he, you know, he's a narrator bringing that freshness to a world that is stuck in something stagnant. Yeah. Which, if if you don't mind, go go ahead and read <laughs> that passage. Um, Is that the passage you were talking about? Let's see. Yeah, one of my um, most vivid one of memories. my most vivid yeah. memories. Where should yeah. I stop though? Let's see. Oh, my, I love the next page too. So that was I. my Middle West. Yes. Um, well, I'm just going to read until you tell me to stop. Then, okay? yeah, I might I might jump in. Go for it. Cool. One of my most vivid memories is of coming back West from prep school and later from college at Christmas time. Those who went farther than Chicago would gather in the old dim Union Station at six o'clock of a December evening with a few Chicago friends already caught up into their own holiday gaieties to bid them a hasty goodbye. I remember the fur coats of the girls returning from Miss This or That's and the chatter of frozen breath and the hands waving overhead as we caught sight of old acquaintances and the matchings of invitations. Are you going to the Ordways, the Herseys, the Schultzes, and the long green tickets clasped tight in our gloved hands? And last, the murky yellow cars of the Chicago, Milwaukee, and St. Paul Railroad looking cheerful as Christmas itself on the tracks beside the gate. When we pulled out into the winter night and the real snow, our snow began to stretch out beside us and twinkle against the windows and the dim lights of small Wisconsin stations moved by a sharp wild brace came suddenly into the air. We drew in deep breaths of it as we walked back from dinner through the cold vestibules, unutterably aware of our identity with this country for one strange hour before we melted indistinguishably into it again. That's my middle West. Not the wheat or the prairies or the lost Swede towns, but the thrilling returning trains of my youth and the street lamps and sleigh bells in the frosty dark and the shadows of holly wreaths thrown by lighted windows on the snow. I am part of that, a little solemn with the feel of those long winters, a little complacent from growing up in the caraway house in a city where dwellings are still called through decades by a family's name. I see now that this has been a story of the West, after all. Tom and Gatsby, Daisy and Jordan and I were all Westerners, and perhaps we possessed some deficiency in common, which made us subtly unadaptable to Eastern life. Um, Beautifully read. And um, that just made me so happy. Yeah, that that just, (laughs) man. I just had a couple of insights too that I had as I was reading. I was like, I don't know if I've ever thought of that before. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot there, and it's just just that shimmering word painting, and it's so visceral, and you read it so well. Um, I, I'm gonna I, I don't have any audio books of, of of mine, but I know who I'm calling um, to uh, 
to help me with that one day. Um, That's a milestone of mine is to, I would like to be an audiobook recorder. I need to get on that now that I'm in the midst of Hollywood here, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, it, I, I that, that that might be another one of our many projects because I, I have a similar thing as well. Like I would love to just read. Um, I love reading aloud and I love I love doing that. And I love radio and I love I love podcasting. So um, but that 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 might be <laughs> that might be another venture. Uh, but yeah, get and when get, my kids yeah. would read this book, I, I when my students would read this book and they would be reading a lot, it was so hard to assign Gatsby independently because you just want to hear it it's not even like i love the physical act of reading it out loud but it's just because it's it is like a giant poem poems are meant to be heard and so it's so hard to get just now i'm reading it what is this nine thousandth time i just read those the four paragraphs and i had two insights i'd never thought of just from hearing it out loud Mm -hmm. you don't get that when you read it um and but i would tell when i would assign that last chapter i'm like read up to this part and then stop do not read past that. I want you to same hear thing. it for the first time from my mouth. Mm-hmm. I used to do <laughs> I'm the like, same do thing. Not. Yeah. But because I would say that so emphatically, they would come in. I read further, Miss Candela. I read further. <laughs> I'm like, I told you not to read. <laughs> I, like, I, you're I the only one that tells move. us not to read. <laughs> yeah. I did a similar move with the things they carried because the last two pages of the things they carried. Oh, me, gorgeous. The, it, it's, yeah. It's it's very similar to the last kind of from from that point that you read to the conclusion of Gatsby. Like yep. you have to hear it, you have to experience it. You just can't read about Beethoven's Ninth mm-hmm. Symphony. You got to hear it. You got to hear that timpani going at the end, right? Um, and exactly. It's the same thing there, and 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 again that that attention, that mindfulness, that presence. So thank you, thank you for sharing sharing that, Sarah. If if folks want to connect with you and and maybe to hear more about the two insights that you got from <laughs> or if you just Gats- want me to read to you <laughs> yeah we just want you to read where where and how can folks uh connect with you if not meet you uh bumblebee f, f at meet the, me uh, on bumblebee f uh um, yeah, you, you're in the southern california area and you want to join one of my uh cool or soon to be cool meetup groups that i'm forming as of yesterday uh please i'm serious like if you are around here please let me know but um i spend it an incredibly uh, ridiculous amount of time on twitter so you can reach me there at s candela nine, uh, and I'm also the same on Instagram and now Threads, as we all are yeah. attempting to thread in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really do anything on Instagram, but um, I have been trying to thread a little bit. But Twitter is really the place where I um, really do a lot of a lot of stuff. And let's see, you can also follow Engageable if you're so inclined at Get Engageable. Um, and that is the same on every platform, also Twitter and Instagram and threads. And I am the, mostly the one tweeting from those accounts and posting from those accounts. So that is also me mm-hmm. <laughs> in some respects. Um, and you can go to getengageable.com and, and that's where you can find links to how to find the optimalist newsletter. You can subscribe to the optimalist podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Um, and I think, and I would also plug, I think, um, I don't know when this is going to come out, but right now it is July 28th. Is that today's yes, date? July 28th. Yeah. We're recording on July 28th. And um, Sean's episode of The Optimalist that he we recorded yesterday will be out next Wednesday. 
Um, so that is a little plug for that episode. So you can Ooh. go and subscribe anywhere that you find podcasts. Yeah, I'll probably thank you for that, Sarah. And, I, and probably mm-hmm. since that was like volume one, anthology <laughs> volume one, then, yeah. then what, I'll, what I'll have to do, we'll, we'll we'll sync it up. I'll I'll make sure that this episode drops after, and then it can be like a part one and then a part two. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Yeah. And you know what? Now I'm thinking let's like collaborate on, on the artwork a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Let's make it like Sarah and Sean volume one. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll get Klaus Um, Borman to, uh, to do the, the artwork. We'll, we'll get him in on it. Oh my gosh. And we'll call it like volume one is presence. Volume two is mindfulness. Um, right. They both had kind of like a subtitle. Yeah. That's, that's it. Folks are getting podcasts behind, which I love. I love getting all meta here, but folks yeah. right now are getting some some behind the scenes podcast collaborative. Uh, this is what I, happens, folks. Yes, this is <laughs> this is a rewindable moment. You know, <laughs> <laughs> to us it is. I don't know if everyone's enjoying listening to us pre-plan our next week, but uh, it's all good. I don't. I don't have a tip to edit. You know, I, I gotta. You don't. We'll say Tim will listen to this, so we'll say hi, Tim. Goodbye. <laughs> yes, hello, Tim. Do 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 not do not press stop. Um, oh man! But but this this has been great, and 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 what a great um, great capstone to to the end of the week. Um, and and we've had you know a, a, this is number four in in a series of of continuing conversations, which I'm grateful to have have with you, uh, Sarah. Folks, please be sure to to follow and connect with Sarah Candela. I will put all of her, um, you know, information about the optimalist podcast that she hosts, which I'm a big fan of and uh, the engageable app, all of those things will be in the show notes and uh, we'll we'll have to come up with some sort of hashtag Sarah for, for this, uh, this collaborative uh, pursuit, this, this side project that we've got, we've got brewing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll, We'll, we'll we'll come up with that and, and if anyone has any ideas feel free to dm us on um uh, on twitter or instagram or or threads or wherever wherever we may be um sarah thank you so much again for uh for visiting and and uh i look forward to our next conversation yep coming soon probably in an hour <laughs> yes thanks, <Exactly>. thanks Sean. <laughs> so this is the part where I sign off and that this is the Principal Liner Notes podcast. This is Sean Gaylord. Very grateful for Sarah Candela for visiting and, and connecting. Please be sure to follow her. As I always sign off, don't forget to share with the world your dreams, your visions, your ideas. And also don't forget to take just a moment for you to pause and 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 to or, or press pulse on the engageable app and and to take <laughs> some time to to connect or or explore or wander or find whatever trap door that you need because you help make the world a better place and the world needs your dreams and your visions and ideas. This is the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Sean Gaylord signing off. Hope to catch you on the flip side or at a record store or at a cool cafe uh, place with Sarah Candela. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this break from our regular format this week. It was an honor to record with Sean two weeks in a row, and I hope our slightly meandering conversation about mindfulness brings some insight into how we can incorporate it into literally every part of our lives. It affects how we work, eat, play, 
gather with others, listen and create. It affects everything. And it's why we think attention is so important to practice, especially as we are increasingly living in an environment that encourages us to take easier paths that do not support human flourishing. And I'd love to know what you're thinking about this topic, because as you can see, I could keep going on and on here. This is the outro. This is the end. I'm supposed to stop talking now. So let's hear from you. You can let us know by leaving a comment on Substack. If you are a subscriber, you can leave a review in Apple Podcasts, and you can reach me always on Twitter at scandela9. The hashtag optimalist can always be used when posting answers to questions that we ask here or asking questions back to us that you may have about something that we recorded here. And I'll always be sure to see it if you use that hashtag. And I can also always be reached at Sarah, S-A-R-A, at getengageable.com. You can listen and subscribe to the Optimalist Podcast wherever you love listening to great podcasts. New episodes are released every Wednesday and links to all of our resources are available in the show notes. The Optimalist Podcast is brought to you by Engageable, the only app that gives you the mindful pulse you need for doing better and it's free. Create an account today at getengageable.com or by downloading Engageable on any iOS or Android device. You can also follow us at Get Engageable on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening to The Optimalist, and I'll be back next week with a new conversation. Stay engaged.